Hey there, and thanks for listening to our podcast. Our mission at Hope is to invite everyone to find Jesus and help them move toward the center of God's purpose for their life. Here's this weekend's message. Well, good morning, everyone, all of our campuses, all of you watching online, all of us. How are you feeling today? You feeling good? Man, it's a good day. Uh, a couple of things before I dive in. Um, uh, next Sunday night, 5 p.m., all of our campuses coming together. We're going to have a big worship night. And, and I, you know, one of the things I was thinking about as we worship in, in, in that time period, I don't know, hour, an hour and a half, but we get together, and, and sometimes you don't realize that God can do in a minute what would take you a lifetime to accomplish in the, in the spirit realm and in your heart. And so I want to invite you. If you've never been to one of our worship nights, it's an awesome, it's an awesome night. Uh, there's a QR code that you can write. Now, I'm going to leave this up for a minute, that you can scan and just sign up for us. That would help us with our child care and, and parking. Um, but next Sunday, October the 2nd, 5 p.m., we're going to come. We're going to have a great time. Just worship the Lord, pray, and, and so forth. God is doing some great things in our church and in this area. And we're just uh, trying to get in line with his will, as we've been talking about. Uh, next week. I start a brand new uh, series called The End of Times. I'm going to talk about um, what goes on at the end of the age. There were a lot of questions about that. I had over 700 questions texted. Uh, so it's going to be a long, that last weekend is going to be a long day. So just camp. We're, we're going to be here a while. But uh, a lot of the same questions, actually. And, and we're going to try to discern and and try to rightly divide the word. A lot of us have heard some strange and weird and watch crazy YouTube videos. Can I just tell you, man, for the most part, get off of YouTube unless it's something funny, okay? How many, did I get an amen on that? Yes, thank you, yeah. Weird people out there, but anyway. All right, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna help you, hopefully, in that series. We're gonna talk about it, it's gonna be a great time. Well, today, I've been waiting for this day for almost a year. Um, I call him my older brother, and when you see him, you'll realize how much older he is than me. But um, Rod, Loy, and I have been friends since college. We met my freshman year, his freshman year. We worked together at the same church, our first uh, stint in ministry in Irving. And he is a, one of my dearest and closest friends to this day. His mom and dad, his brother and sister go to our church at the West Campus. His other sister and, and uh, brother-in-law helped us start Hope Fellowship in the 23 years ago. So their family is like my family. And today, he is pastoring a church in North Little Rock, uh, and he travels around on a mission endeavor, and that's what we're going to hear today. I'm gonna, he's, he's brought a word that is gonna be awesome for us, and then transition to help us become a part of something, and I love introducing you to things that we've been a part of for a couple of years now that you didn't even realize. And I'm gonna give us an opportunity to become even more a part of this. So uh, across all of our campuses, would you join me in welcoming my buddy, my brother, Rod Loy, as he comes to teach us today. I love you, man. <laughs> Thank you, John. It's my honor to be with you. I have so many comments I wanna make about being his older brother. I'm also his thinner brother, so. <laughs> I am so tired of Pastor John McKenzie. Uh, my mom and dad go to church here. They watch me online, 
And then they come and listen to Pastor John. And so every week, I get to find out what John preached about next and how wonderful it was. They're in their 80s, and they're like, we're learning more about the Bible than we've ever learned, which basically means, yeah, don't clap for that. That basically means they didn't learn a thing from me. They'll be like, we've never heard anyone preach on this before. And I'll be like, you know, three months ago, I said the same thing better. <laughs> so I, I love this church. It's been fun from the very beginning to kind of play a small part in the background and to walk this journey with Pastor John and Melissa. So it's, it's just a super, super honor to be here. I, I want to just kind of give you a disclaimer and say, if you have... Uh, like elementary age children with you in the room, I would recommend you try out Hope Kids because when I get to the to kind of the second half of my message, uh, I'm talking about some difficult things that probably aren't age appropriate for your elementary school kids. So if they're here, this is a great Sunday for them to try out Hope Kids. There's a basic formula for action shows and, and movies. A person or a group, is in deep trouble. They're stuck, they're captured, or they're trapped. Doesn't look like they're going to survive. Often there's a ticking timer on the screen to let them and to let you know how much time is left before the bomb goes off, the oxygen runs out, the deadly toxin is released, or the spaceship crashes. unless they've decided to kill your favorite character, they always find a way to escape just in time. So, spoiler alert, every time, the Paw Patrol is going to win. (laughs) Tom Cruise is going to pull off the impossible mission. Superman will save the world. At the end of the movie, every movie, Kermit and Miss Piggy always get back together. (laughs) Then they get in a canoe, and Kermit is paddling the canoe and singing, Why Are There So Many Songs About Rainbows? Like the best movie love song of all time. The bomb squad will cut the right wire. The basketball team makes the shot. The football team scores a touchdown. The cheerleader wins the competition. And the Hallmark movie, every Hallmark movie, Because they're all the same movie with just different characters and different puppies, but they're all the same basic deal. Every movie ends with the couple finding true love. I want to watch a Hallmark movie sometime where like at the end, he just walks away and leaves her there and takes her dog at the same time. It would be incredible. 
Well, most likely, you're never going to defuse a bomb while watching a timer. You're not going to save a spaceship or the planet. But you face tense situations where you need to be rescued before time runs out. It's when the rent is due Friday and you don't have enough money in the account. You have to make a major decision about a job and they want the answer by tomorrow. Or if you've relapsed and after months of no drinking, you're locked in the bedroom with a bottle. You know you need help. You just don't know how to ask. Maybe your marriage is in deep trouble and small arguments have become big issues. And now your wife has let you know it's time to give up. Or your kid's in trouble at school, his grades are tanking, and you don't know how to, how to help him get it back together. Or your kid's sick, and the doctors have no answers. At some point, everyone finds themselves in need of a rescue. If you haven't yet, you will. So in those times, what do you do? Where do you turn? How do you find your way through and come out safely on the other side? I want to look with you at one of the most famous stories in the Bible and and learn from the story and a song. Let me kind of set the scene for you. David was anointed king of Israel. There was a problem. There was already a king named Saul, and he didn't want to give up the throne. For a while, that was okay. David served Saul. Everyone was happy. Then David killed Goliath, the giant, and Israel won a huge victory over their arch enemy, the Philistines, And David was the hero. That's where we pick up the story in 1 Samuel chapter 18. When the men were returning home after David had killed the Philistine, the women came out from all the towns of Israel to meet King Saul. Saul's feeling pretty good with singing and with dancing. They had joyful songs with tambourines here at Hope Fellowship. Don't bring your tambourine to church. Okay? The greeters will take it at the door. And with, with lutes, as they danced, they sang this song. Saul has slain his thousands, and David his tens of thousands. Saul didn't like that song very much. He was angry. They've credited David with tens of thousands, he thought. But me with only thousands. What move will he make next but to get the kingdom? And from that time on, Saul kept a jealous eye on David. And he ultimately decided to kill David, eliminate the competition. David had to run. He was protected by the Lord, survived the number of close call. The story reads like an action movie. And finally, during yet another battle with the Philistines, Saul killed himself. And after years of being on the run, David became king. But the Philistines remained. Now, I just reduced two whole books of the Bible to two minutes. So I encourage you to read the books of 1 and 2 Samuel. It's, it's great stories. I want to pick it up, 2 Samuel chapter 21, once again. It happened again. There's a battle between the Philistines and Israel. David went down with his men to fight against the Philistines, and he became exhausted. David had defeated the Philistines before, and now they were back Facing the same enemy a second time can be incredibly discouraging. You were pronounced cancer-free, but now it's back. The thought of more chemo and radiation, you're tired before it begins. 
Your marriage survived a crisis through counseling and prayer and hard work. And now problems have popped up again. And going back through that makes you feel exhausted. You overcame an addiction. Now after three years clean, you've relapsed and you've got to start all over. Or just when we thought COVID was done, here came Delta. The second time around, the fight was even worse than the first time. And let me help you out. There's going to there's gonna be another one. There's going to be another variant. They, it's, it's inevitable. People become angry and irrational because they're tired. And once again, David had to fight the Philistines. He'd been in the fight a long time, and he's finally wearing out. There's a lesson there. It's not a sin to be worn out and exhausted. That doesn't make you a bad person or a weak person. That just makes you a tired person. David went down with his men to fight against the Philistines, and he became exhausted. And Ishbi Benob, how they named their kids back then, I don't completely understand. Um, but obviously this was from the southern part of the country, and then they didn't have Joe Bob and Jim Ed. They had Ishbi Benob. He came out, and the mom was like, oh, now we know. He's an Ishbi. Ishbi Benob, one of the descendants of Rapha, whose bronze spearhead weighed 300 shekels, that's about seven and a half pounds, the head of the spear, and who's armed with the new sword, said he would kill David. He saw that David was exhausted, perfect time to take him out and get rid of their enemy. David was in deep trouble, and then here's how the story ends. But Abishai, son of Zariah, came to David's rescue. He struck the Philistines down, and he killed him. Abishai saw what was happening, and he rose up to defend his king. He came to David's rescue. Now, if David had been alone, he would have been defeated. But he wasn't alone. Abishai saved him. There's several things to learn from this story. Number one, the enemy attacks when you're weak. Ishbibanath came when David was worn out and exhausted. That's how Satan works. He doesn't fight fair. There's an acronym I want you to learn. It's H-A-L-T. Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. When you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, that's when Satan attacks because he knows you're weak. He doesn't attack at your strongest. He attacks at your weakest. Lesson number two, even good people, God's people, sometimes need to be rescued. David was doing the right thing at the right time. He was obeying God. Circumstance was not the result of sin. He just couldn't take it. and He couldn't stand alone. Sometimes you're weakened through no fault of your own. The, you, you don't have the strength to fight. In those moments, God will come to your rescue, and God will send others to your rescue. Lesson number three. We're stronger together. It's foolish to fight alone. When, you're no, when you know you're weak, surround yourself with people who are strong. And sadly, that's often the opposite of what people do. When they're discouraged and worn out, when they're fighting addiction, when they're fighting depression, what do they do? They isolate when they most need others. They stay home from church and somehow figure out it's going to be better if they're by themselves. They don't want to admit weakness. When you're weak, instead of isolating, reach out. Get in community with other believers. Come to the worship night next Sunday night. Uh, get in a small group. Confess 
your weakness and ask for help because we are stronger and better together. We are designed for relationship with each other. Lesson number four. Family fights together. Not each other, although some of you do that. Holidays are coming up. You can do that. But family fights together. You don't have to fight alone. You're not in the battle by yourself. If you think you are, you're wrong. Because God is on your side and we're on your side. The whole Hope family stands with you. We will fight for you and we will fight with you. We're in this together because we're family. You might be here. You might be at one of the other campuses. You might be watching online and you think, I'm all alone. Nobody knows. Nobody cares. You're wrong. Because you're part of a family. We stand together. I want to just pause for a moment right there and ask you just bow your heads with me. And I want to pray for you. If you're at a place right now where you are weak and exhausted, maybe, maybe I described you or maybe you say, you know what, Rod, I, I have been isolating and I recognize that I know something needs to happen. But if you're tired and worn out, I want to pray for you. you just raise your hand, I'm going to pray for you. I'm just going to pray for you right where you are. I promise it's not a trick. I'm not going to make you come to the front or something like that. I just want to pray for you. Yeah, know this, not a sin to be tired. Lord, I pray for these today. I pray, God, for your strength to come alongside their weakness. And we thank you for what your word says, that in our weakness, you are made strong. So we confess our weakness and we receive your strength. I pray for the strength of God. I pray for encouragement in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that you would help them not to isolate, but instead to, to reach out, to share with others, to allow family to be family and the family of God together to walk through this journey and this battle. Strengthen your people, I pray. Encouragement and peace in Jesus' name. Amen. Abishai rescued David. And then after the battle, David put the testimony into a song, and I want to look at the song with you. All right? Here's the song. He, God, reached down from on high and took hold of me. He drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful foe, from my enemy, who were too strong for me. He brought me out into, he reached down from on high, took hold of me, he drew me out of deep waters, rescued me from them. Then what happens next? He brought me out into a spacious place. He rescued me because no one delighted in me. Here's my question. What? Who rescued David? Why isn't Abishai in the song? Abishai never even makes the song. David recognized, although Abishai was physically there, Abishai was not his deliverer. Abishai was simply used by God to rescue David. Abishai struck the blow. God gained the glory. And God will use you 
individually, and he will use hope to rescue others. And when you do, he gains the glory. He blesses you. He brings you into a spacious place. And here's the thing. Rescuing others is not optional. It's our assignment. Look at Proverbs 24.10. If you fail under pressure, your strength is too small. Rescue those who are unjustly sentenced to die. Save them as they stagger to their death. Now look at this next part. Don't excuse yourself by saying, look, we didn't know. We had no clue. We didn't know that was going on. That's a surprise. For God understands all hearts and he sees you. He who guards your soul knows you knew. And he will repay all people as their actions deserve. There are desperate situations in our world. And the Bible says we, we can't say, well, I didn't know about it. I had no idea. We can't wait for someone else. We have to do our part and then some. Human sex trafficking is a $100 billion a year business. Globally, uh, today there are over 4 million people being held in sexual slavery. I'm a vice president of Project Rescue. I don't receive a paycheck by choice. Instead, my wife and I give our time and our energy and our resources, our money, because we are responding to a biblical mandate. We are in the rescue business. We run 27 safe homes in 11 countries on four continents where we house women and children who've been rescued from sexual slavery. In addition, we run schools and clinics and job training and counseling centers. Today, I want to introduce you to a people group that's that's just close and dear to my heart. I want to introduce you to the Bunchata people. About 60,000 people who live in 76 villages in the Indian state of Madhya Pradesh. The Banchata belong to the lowest caste of Indian society. A caste system is kind of like a pyramid. There's the top, the elites, there's the bottom. And the, the Banchata are the lowest of the low of Indian society. Extremely poor, low literacy rate. And for over 500 years, the Banchata people have sold their daughters into sexual slavery. It begins with, if you have a baby girl, your neighbors, your family, your friends all come over. There's a ceremony where you dedicate your newborn daughter to the goddess of prostitution. And then there's a huge party because you're just 10 years from income. From the first day of their life, these little girls are seen as a commodity. Between the ages of 10 and 12 years old, they're sold to older men to become wives. A very beautiful girl will bring as much as $15,000, three years income. Those who aren't sold as wives are prostituted by their own families to generate income. Families expect their daughters to, to be the main source of their family's revenue. People who want to have sex with children are the target customer base. And from all over India, men drive to Madhya Pradesh. It's not presented as a choice. It's a mandate. It's their caste. It's their prison. It's their way of life. Here's, here's how, how deep this is. By fifth grade, the dropout rate for Banchata girls 
is 100%. There is no girl that stays just until sixth grade. Little boys are trained to become pimps and managers in the sex trade. No one encourages them to follow their dream. Our goal is to have a presence in and bring transformation to all 76 Banchata villages. We're reaching out. We're building relationships with families. We're teaching them that there's another option, that there's another way of life. We provide medical treatment for expectant mothers and children with HIV. We build schools to provide education for children beyond fifth grade, a chance of better life. See, the only way out of your caste is education. Education, you can raise up and you can break out. We have homes to provide safe housing for rescued and abandoned children. We currently have 255 students from 22 villages studying in our schools, and our homes are full. My last trip to India, I met Ramesh Nazmi. They have two daughters. Their plan was to sell their oldest daughter and then to prostitute the younger. But they met one of our leaders. And they made the decision instead to trust their daughters to our care. And they wept as they shared the story of discovering Jesus and his plan for their daughters. Both those girls are now in our school. Beautiful little girls. Their faces and their smiles tell me it's worth it. Every moment, every dollar, it's worth it. From time to time, you'll hear the story of someone who's escaped sex trafficking. I've given a lot of thought to that, the difference between escape and rescue. Escape means to get away. It's kind of all about you. I can do it. I have a plan. I'll figure it out. I'll find my way out. That's escape. The definition of rescue is to free or deliver from confinement. These girls can't escape. If they could, they would. But they can be rescued. And the difference between escape and rescue is in a rescue, someone else helps you break free. But picture it this way. You're in quicksand. Which there's not a lot of quicksand here in the Metroplex. Uh, but if you've seen Gilligan's Island or one of those older shows, you've seen quicksand. When you try to struggle and get out of quicksand, what happens? Yeah, you sink deeper. You can't escape. But if I'm standing beside you on dry land, I can reach out my hand, I can take yours, and because I'm on a different level, a firm foundation, I can pull you out. You didn't escape. You were rescued. We must reach out our hand to these girls and pull them out of darkness and into the marvelous light. It isn't easy. It's emotionally draining and exhausting. It's not without opposition. Evil men fight. Satan fights. The stories I could tell you of the battles. It's a physical and spiritual war. It's not inexpensive. We spend a lot of money. It's worth it. Every girl, every time, every soul, every life. It's not optional. We have a mandate. Let me show you one more verse of Scripture, Proverbs 31. Speak up for those who cannot speak up for themselves. It doesn't say, if you feel like it, speak up for those who can't speak up for themselves. It doesn't say, 
if you got a little extra money. Ensure justice for those being crushed. Speak up for the poor and helpless and see that they get justice. I want to introduce you to just two of our girls. Rakumari is precious. Her mother ran away when she was a baby. Her father killed himself. And so her care went to her grandmother who didn't want her and couldn't afford her. So she decided to sell Rakumari. Before she was sold, our project rescue leader there met her. She was drawn to him and his safe love. And Rakumari's grandmother decided that instead of selling her girl, she would give her to Project Rescue. Now, when I say give her, I mean she's ours. She's our kid. From now, the rest of her life, she's our family. If it wasn't for God's perfect timing, she would be a statistic. Another girl, girl sold. Her innocence destroyed. But today, instead of being bound by the chains of trafficking, she has a family who loves her. She has a safe place to live. She has her own bed. She dances. She paints. She does crafts. The sparkle in her eye is a testimony of hope and joy and peace. Let me introduce you to one more little girl, Arushi. She's from Pajimuro. It's a village about 20, uh, probably a little less than that. It was like 15 miles from our home. Her mom had plans to sell her, but after a lot of conversation, she agreed to send her to our school in our home. She was there two days, and her mom came and took her back. Our team was devastated, kept praying. A few days later, mom brought her back. And then again, three days later, her mom said, no, I'm going to sell her took her away from us again. After a lot of talking and convincing, finally her mom agreed that we could have Arushi if we would also take her brother, Karish. Arushi's father wants her to study, be educated, break free. Her mom is determined to sell her. And even after bringing her back to us again, her mom told us, you can have her now, but when she's 10 years old, I'll be back. And I will sell my daughter. Will you pray with us? Maybe just write down her name or enter it in your phone. Arushi, A-R-U-S-H-E-E. And we're praying that her mom changes her heart. And that Arushi will live a life free. Children of Madhya Pradesh are beautiful. They laugh and play just like your children. But without our help, they're doomed to a future in the sex trade.
precious. We have an immediate need to build a third home in Madhya Pradesh. This one's specifically for older girls, age 10 to 12, the age they're typically sold. It's key. We're building a 20,500 square foot home. It'll include vocational training units where they'll be taught job skills. Let me tell you how important that is. They've never known a woman with any other job except prostitution. We teach them a different way. It'll have a kitchen and a dining hall, a beautiful garden, dormitory space for 84 girls. It'll be the biggest, best building in the area, a place of honor and hope and healing. Building's going to cost us $789,000, just under $40 a square foot. How many would like to build for that in Frisco? Or rent for that in Frisco, huh? Our goal is to rescue girls before they get sold, to break the generational curse by giving them an alternate future, and to break a 500-year stronghold of the enemy. There's one more reason this home is so important, because I left out one detail of the story. Many of these girls are forced to work out of the very home they grew up in. When the daughter reaches 10 years old, her dad stands outside the front door and negotiates with a customer the price of his daughter's virginity. And when they reach a price, the door is open and the customer is taken back to that little girl's room. In the place where she grew up, where she played as a child, where she hoped and she dreamed, becomes a prison. And her home, that should be a safe place, becomes the most dangerous place. These girls need a safe place, a place to call home, where they'll be loved and valued and treasured, where they can live without fear. They become our family. We pay for their college. We negotiate the dowry before we pay for their weddings. Last time I was in India, I was riding with one of the girls in a bus, and she started telling me her dream. She just graduated from college, and her dream is to get a master's degree. And uh, I'll never forget the moment. I looked at her, I said, Monica, Cindy and I, we love you, and we'll pay for your master's degree. You go chase your dream. These are our kids. And I'm asking you to help us with our kids because they're precious and because they matter. Here's how you can help. And you can do math. 
One 500 square foot room for the girls is $20,000. Where eight girls will live. Some of you can do that. And I encourage you today to do that. 20000 Others of you say, you know, I, I can't do $20,000. Here's, here's our cost. This is our real cost. The cost to provide for a kid housing, education, food, clothing, and health care is three bucks a day. It's $93 a month. And I want to challenge everyone here to do at least $93. And pay for one of these girls for their care for a month. The cost per year is $1,095. That's what Cindy and I are given in this offering today. $1,095 will provide for a kid for an entire year. Some of you pay more than that a month for private school. Every dollar you give will go to provide a safe place for these girls. Would you pray with me? Jesus, I pray for Arushi today. Lord, I just can't bear the thought of her being sold. Change the heart of her mother. Somehow penetrate that hard heart and break the bonds of that culture and let Arushi be free to discover your plan, your mission, your dream for her life. Jesus, I pray for the kids of Madhya Pradesh. A culture that's really broken and dirty and ugly. Pray the light of your love would shine bright and destinies would be changed and futures would be changed. Lord, I pray for some Abishais at Hope Fellowship whose name may never be mentioned in a song but will be part of your rescue plan and you will gain glory. It's hard not to think of, <clears throat> I have a new picture of Lucy, my three and a half year old granddaughter. Uh, much like what you just saw, I'd love to show a picture, I didn't give it to him. She's just gorgeous, looks just like her papa. There is no way in the world that I could imagine her being sold. Um, we are so far removed where we are and from the pain of some in the world, and a lot of us have gone through a lot of pain. There's no question. I'm not saying that we don't, but without us, or people like us, there is no hope for them. So I just want to invite you, if you can. God lays it on your heart. Melissa and I, I, I went online this morning and I paid for a, a year for, for one of the girls. I'd invite you to do the same if you can. If you can't, um, do whatever you can. But if you can't do anything, would you pray? 
Arushi, or whoever. Just pray over that area. Stronghold is strong. We've been a part of this for the last couple of years. You didn't know that, but we last year gave, and I pledged this year double what we gave. So I gave 50,000 last year. We uh, are gonna give 100,000 this year, whatever you do. But here's my thought. What if we just doubled that this weekend and we just said, we're gonna do 200,000. So I'd love for you to be a part of that. And across all of our campuses, it's really, uh, there's no guilt trip. It's just, it's really, really easy to do that. Just all, all of us doing something would, would probably get us there, maybe even more. So wherever you are, online, at our campus, I would invite you. Um, these girls matter. These people matter. If they matter to God, then they matter to us. Lord, I, uh, I, I really do ask that you'd put on an every single heart here to do something that we could, we could be a part of what you're going to do in their lives, in their family, not just education or housing or, 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 or a, a hope for the future, but Jesus. Every day they learn that there are not many gods, there is one. The love and the hope of not only life on this earth, but life eternal. And so, Lord, I pray that this offering would be multiplied somehow, some way, and that we would be able to be a significant part of what that house cost and change a generation of girls and boys. God, I pray for that area. I pray your kingdom come and your will be done as it is in heaven. And we thank you for what you're gonna do through this church as we become a rescuer. In Jesus' name I pray. Thanks for listening to Hope's weekend message. Visit hopefellowship.net and further connect with us by downloading the Hope app from the App Store or Google Play. Have a great day.